0: All right, and we are back again with another episode of From College to Combine. How is everyone doing today? My name is Michael Sicoli, joined here by my co-host, Raleigh Millette. How are you doing in a different little location
1: little. this week? Different location. Yep. yep, new digs here, you know, kind of in the, in the process of getting out getting out of here in college. So doing doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I don't have a microphone this time. My handheld microphone I usually have. It's, I don't have it. I'm gonna hold on to what, this actual marker just so I have something I have in my hand. But um, I was—I was
0: gonna ask if, like, what are you—what are you doing? Replacement. Yeah, where are your hands? Where are your hands going to be?
1: Substantially smaller, but I, and I'll hold—I'll hold it over here so it's not distracting. But I like holding on to it. Yeah.
0: No, that's uh, that's yeah, definitely. You know, it's a funny. a yeah, funny thing right there. Uh, <laughs> all right, but no, we do have a great show lined up today for everyone that's not aware. This is going to be our last show as Quinnipiac undergrad students. No one cares about that. You're here for the fantasy football. But this will be the last show in this little background for me. Probably, you know, one of the last ones for that background for Riley. We'll see. Who knows? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what you should. That's what That's what you just keep showing up for. Because the background is really what people care about. Not what we look like, sound like, or do anything like that. Because we do have a great show lined up today. <laughs> uh, we're going to break down some of the news of the past week. Nothing crazy, but some important things that, you want to know so your mates don't type of thing. You know, things you're bringing up, you feel a little smarter. And all of a sudden, maybe you're thinking of right pick up on a wire. You draft a round earlier than you should, around later than you want to. All things to keep in mind. And then we're going to get into 10 tips to win your Dynasty League. That is going to be fun. Incredibly fun and also very helpful because Dynasty Leagues are complicated. Not a lot of people know how to run them, but it's a growing platform. We want to help out. But before we jump into that, let's start with the news of the week. The Tua clip of this past day or two, everyone's going crazy about it. Tua underthrowing Uh Tyree Kill well, after he looks like he throws everything into it. What do you make of the Tua clip? I, I make more of it than I feel like I should, honestly. Oh, my God, I'm you are. Sw- okay. Getting a
1: little swallowed in it. It's tough. It's a, such a tough look that they posted that on their socials and i've been a two sporter for a long time and you know that and this at the end of the day this doesn't change that but it, it's it it creeps in my mind a little bit it's going to hang in the back of my mind for a long time i am disappointed to hear you say that
0: honestly because we see these we have this exact clip posted every single year of some quarterback underthrowing some receiver and we forget about it next week and we should because ultimately it's totally meaningless it's the off season still. It's freaking May people. It's we're 2 weeks into May and I don't I'm not going to go crazy over Tyreek Hill being underthrown on one pass. I'm sure he's going to be underthrown on plenty because this is not anything new as well. Tua doesn't have a strong arm. It's not big news. I don't get why people are going totally crazy on it. I know it's kind of like in a small small tiny sample size. It's confirming what people are worried about. But it's literally a one-throw sample size. I'm not reading it to it. I still like it. it? Well, nobody likes it. We would like to see him hit him in stride and then, I don't know, gritty up and down the field from the 50. But we don't. We don't get to see that because Miami's social media team needs to hire someone from Quinnipiac probably. Yeah, honestly. But speaking of Miami, we could keep it in Miami and go to the ground game because Miami Michelle has landed – yeah, no, we'll I'm gonna make I'm gonna make that a thing. It's fine. Money, so yeah. Michelle signed a one-year, $1.75 million contract this past week to join a backfield with that. You know, they added Raheem Mostert, they added Chase Edmonds, they still have Miles Gaskin for anyone who cares about that. What are you making of this? Because I think a lot of people have kind of concluded, I'm out. I'm done with it. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I've seen from a lot of people. People are going crazy over the Maya, uh, over the Michelle signing. What do you think?
1: I I can't imagine this is anything more than a depth piece May signing that he hasn't been signed for this long. They signed into a cheap deal and they said our backfield is thin. We might as well sign a warm body. That's not Miles Gaskin. That's all I'm making of it. Yeah, I,
0: I tend to agree. I, I think this is the exact example of. You're gonna see you're gonna see three at the backfield at first. You're gonna have Ray Mostert get first and second down carries, gives you a home run hitter. In the red zone, you might switch to Michelle for you know uh, for like a goal line stuff. I don't necessarily want Mostert there. I'd want a bigger guy like Michelle. And then you have Edmonds still working third downs. If I'm drafting one, it's still Edmonds. I'm not waiting and taking the later guy here. I'll take Edmonds because he has the receiving volume, but neither of the other two can really do. I'm not excited about any of them. This is a dampering to me because even if Michelle takes two, three touchdowns, that's still two, three touchdowns that Chase Edmonds could not get. So hopefully if this knocks Edmonds ADP down two, three rounds, maybe even two rounds, I'd be interested in Edmonds. But I still have my questions about the whole system in general. But we'll switch over to Green Bay going from the warm to the cold. Because the Packers still don't really have wide receivers. They drafted Christian Watson in the second round. They signed Sammy Watkins. They have Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard. And that is just tough to say out loud, let alone to throw to or watch play on Sundays. So Ian Rapport reported that the Packers are going to be in the mix for Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., and Julio Jones. Do you see any of those deals happening? And if you do, which one do you want to see happen
1: the most? I would be really interested to see Jarvis Landry with Aaron Rodgers, just because Jarvis has kind of quietly been stuck without a top tier quarterback for a long time. Baker was probably the best quarterback he ever played with. And, you know, we know how his career in, in Cleveland turned out. So it, it would be fun to watch. I think it could happen. Um, I, I just don't see them not capitalizing on what the few years we'd imagine they have left of Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I I I think this could easily happen.
0: It's interesting with Jarvis because that would be my pick as well. I'd love to see that happen because I think Jarvis still has a little bit left on the bone. I think Julio is done, but I could totally see. I will not let myself talk talk myself into it, but I know people will talk a Julio and Rogers existence. Um, but Jarvis Landry is the guy that has the most left. Odell is still good, but he has that ACL. He's probably out till or yeah, it was ACL, not Achilles, right?
1: was ACL.
0: It was ACL. So he, he's probably out until at least November, given how late in the year it was. He as a Super Bowl in February. So he's probably a November timeline. Uh, so Jarvis Landers is the guy I want to see. He's been asking for a decent amount of money, which is a big reason why he hasn't been signed yet, per report. So it'll be interesting to see if they get done. The Packers don't have a lot of cap space, but they have every incentive to get a deal done with the guy because this room is just not good enough for an NFC competing team. So we can head over and stay in the NFC on the ground this time with Chris Carson. A little update there. Chris Carson had the season ending neck injury in the middle of last year. That was really sad to see for a undrafted guy who got it got his bag. Uh, or not undrafted, he was a seventh round guy, but a guy that everyone like really likes but always expect to get hurt. And he did eventually get hurt. A very serious neck injury. So really am hoping the best for him. Uh, but Pete Carroll came out in you know pre offseason workouts. He said that there isn't really a timetable. He sounded fairly pessimistic. And for anyone that follows Pete Carroll, that's a red flag. Because Pete Carroll is one of the most optimistic coaches with injury timelines of the last decade. Everything he says is just not true when it comes to the positive side. When it comes to the negative side, you start getting a little bit worried. So I I am reading into it. I don't think Chris Carson is going to be
1: ready week one. No, I I don't either. And I don't think there's any reason to be after they invested in... Kenneth Walker in the second round. Rashad Penny showed that he has some serious potential, even though they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, why would they? He spent almost all of his rookie contracts either ineffective or injured. But, you know, they, there's, there's a, a really solid um, now piece in Rashad Penny for the year they have him left, plus uh, a future option in Kenneth Walker that I really like, a lot of other people really like. The
0: real question, I guess, I, I do want to bring up is what are you doing with Chris Carson in Dynasty? People still have him. You can't really cut him. But what are you, what are you doing at this point?
1: Uh, he's he's this close to cuttable, honestly. I, I can't imagine any world he had, he carries any value. If I offer you a
0: 2024 fourth,
1: <laughs> would you take it?
0: 2024 third, I would 100% take it. I think I'm the same, honestly, with the third. In terms of, I, I do see a world... It, it's the neck injury. Neck injuries are tough, man. That's a bad one. Um, but it, it's I'd see a world where it won't happen again on Seattle. He gets cut this past offseason. He signs on in the summer type of thing, and maybe he finds his way as a backup. He still... He was a good player. Chris Carson's a very good player. He just is hurt. just is an issue. And he's a physical runner. He doesn't really... He can catch, but that's not his strength. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think this is still barely hold. We're not at the cutting point yet, but it's getting close to it. And the other last piece of news that we have for the week, also a running back deal, Mike Davis on a one-year deal with the Ravens. This deal, immediately everyone took to Twitter to say, this has no no bearing on anyone, Don't doesn't matter. And it doesn't have any bearing on J.K. Dobbins on Gus Edwards, right? We're both in agreement there?
1: Yeah, pretty much
0: one year 1.3 million dollar deal it's barely guaranteed uh so in theory he doesn't he does not have to be on the uh week one roster either there's no guarantee for that for mike davis but mike davis is a good pass blocker and that's where i think he'll make the roster tyson williams the ravens pulled that franchise tag so there's one less guy to compete i think mike davis makes this roster as the third down pass blocking guy if he he'll catch a couple balls he's I don't think he's a better pass catcher than J.K. Dobbins, but he's more proven, and Lamar doesn't throw at him anyway. It's a real kick in the gut to Tyler Beatty truthers, uh, guys who were hoping that seventh round guy that receiving stat back was going to make it on. This makes it a little bit more difficult, uh, and if it, you know, I I think it'll be more likely he hits. You know, the practice squad, maybe a special teamer all year, but it does not affect J.K. Dobbins or anything like that. Do you agree or disagree with any of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, even if JK Dobbins was on the field for third downs, we were never gonna see a whole lot of production from him in that in that situation anyway. So this is kind of just a you know, a, a nice little depth piece, a little good for Mike Davis signing after flaming out in terrific fashion in Atlanta. Just you know, just get him another small little contract, see if he can, you know, end on a hurrah. He is getting up there in age twenty nine, I believe he is, something like that.
0: Yeah, no. This is this is a deal. If if listen, if he's on the roster, he makes it end of the year, comes home with the 1.3 million on the Ravens, a team that is still competing for Super Bowl in a mm-hmm. top division. That hey, power to you, Mike Davis, and you know, well done. Keep chasing the bag. We got guys that are still not signed. Jake Jerk McKinnon looked fantastic at the end of last year and still prowling the wire, probably playing cricket or tennis or something. Right? Now. <laughs> not playing football. I think players. He is McKinnon. What McKinnon is quite the. The cricket player for <laughs> sources, for sources. I, I I heard I slid in the DMs. He's like, yo, so we're going to get a match at some point. Probably he'll probably end up in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, the Steelers will sign a running back by the start of July. You can mark that down, by the way. Um, I hope at least. Phil Blinsey. So we can, uh segue into our best part of the show, honestly. You know, we're talking about Mike Davis, struggling the neck injured Chris Carson. The vibe was down. I think we admitted that I was down. So we're going to bring it back up with 10 tips on how to win your dynasty league. This is difficult. All right. This is a year, two year, three year process. As Riley knows, somebody who has never won a dynasty league, uh, you know, despite many great efforts, right decisions just hasn't worked out. Me on the other hand, you know, we, we, you know, we got a couple of rings on the fingers, on the fingers, but this is, this is how you do it. All right. This is how you do it. We're going to get right into it. Tip number one, Riley, this was your tip. So kick it Mm -hmm. off, kick off this amazing part of the show.
1: Yeah. My, my tip number one is to be as active as possible. And every year the guy, or at least in the the leagues that I'm in, the guy who makes the most trades makes the most white waiver pickups is the guy who's competing for a championship at the end of the day. And it has to do with keeping players fresh, not letting them stagnate on, on your bench, not letting players deteriorate in value and depreciate over time as a lot of players in this league tend to do. So um that that would be the number one thing that I've tried to do a lot more recently is uh you know even even if it's just waking up in the morning like I spend a lot of time on my phone while I'm in bed in the morning which I know is bad but I do check. anyway and you know I kind of most mornings I do a quick little check on my dynasty rosters and see if there's you know anyone whose whose name might be a little hot that day and I can you know cash in on or anyone who's uh, you know, status is trending downward that I should be monitoring, uh, you know, just just something to register in my mind and, and think about when uh, when that time comes.
0: Yeah, I, I I completely agree, because being active is is it's tenfold because a that increases your relation with your league mates, right, where it's a lot easier to get a conversation going, a trade going when you know them, you've talked to them, you, you're engaging in the messages, you're having fun, you're ultimately that is what all this is about. We don't have it on the list, spoilers. But having fun would (laughs) be one of our. I almost put it. I did almost as well, right at number ten. But spoilers, it is not there. Ultimately, engage with your league because it is better all around for it. And also, being active means you know when the trends are. You start seeing it. We're going to get to it about selling high and things like that. But like, if you had Tyson Williams last year, I, 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 I flipped him like a hot potato. You know, immediately. I also included someone I probably shouldn't have traded in that deal, but I, you know, it's, it's just about knowing trends. Who was that? Guys. I I think it was, uh, I think it was Devo in, the, in our uh, college league. That's right. I think I did. Tra- it, it wasn't terrible. I got Mike Evans, uh, you know, Mike Evans is fantastic, but, uh, and someone else, but yeah, no, that's, that's fine. That's not what this tip's about. Um, do you have any, any final points on being active? Because that's a, it, it's a very good point. It's a simple point, but very important. Oh
1: yeah. Be active.
0: Yeah. Well put. Uh, My number two is going to be about rookie – the rookie draft. Every year, right? Dynasty fans of football, every year the rookie draft rolls around. Hype to the moon. You are excited. It's the only draft of the offseason. Some leagues close waivers, so this is all you've done. All you've waited for for months is just trades and the rookie draft. You better do it right because that is where you're going to get the new studs, the new value, the new hotness, and all that. This is my – this is the key. The thing I try to live by. Starting this year, I have messed this up in the past. I'm living by it now, is drafting talent over opportunity every single time. Over opportunity, over situation, does not matter, especially when draft capital is the same. I care. I, the only time I start using draft capital as a real difference maker is when we get to day three. When you get to day three, I stop caring, really, because the hit rate for day three wide receivers, running backs, it just becomes uh, quarterbacks especially it becomes infinitely harder and infinitely harder to predict. So I'll, I'll, I'll use an example of like people dropped a Trey Sermon last year in the first round. I was one of those people, despite not being a Trey Sermon believer. I did that in one of my leagues. And obviously, we all know that panned out. Colossal bust. Not a good player. Landed in a great spot. Just didn't work out because he wasn't a good player. And same thing with Elijah Moore. People were scared of the Jets. Elijah Moore wasn't going in the top 10 of a lot of, a lot of drafts but he was a fantastic player. Riley knows how much I love the legend more and situation hurt his draft value. Don't be that guy. Take, trust the talent, let it emerge. AJ Brown being another example of nobody wanted that run heavy, uh, run heavy system for AJ Brown. And now AJ Brown is a top 10 dynasty receiver. Even before he was traded, traded now, now it's a little bit more questionable. We talked about it last week, check out that show um, about his value on the Eagles. But all in all, his value was incredibly high. Wasn't drafted very high because of situation. Don't be that person.
1: Yeah, that's that's all super true. And I did think Trey Sermon was a good player for the record, and I, I get <laughs> the bullet on that one. I mean, I, I thought you were gonna bring up Claude edwards Alaire for a second there, but yeah, uh edwards Claude that's such a tough yeah, one.
0: Another another most infamous example, but we can move on to
1: three. Kick it off, Riley. Go for Okay, and th- this is something that has, it it's rules the dynasty leagues, and I'd call this value is greater than production except when it isn't, right? So it, it's it's a tough dichotomy to get used to is, let's say Cooper Cup, for example, who is getting up there in age 28, 29, I believe, something in that range, coming off one of the best wide receiver seasons ever, and the, the, the ever-arching question is, How much should I give up for a receiver who is almost guaranteed to be in the top five just was had an an enormous season. How much should I guarantee, how much should I give up for him? Who maybe he has two years of top end production left. And unless my team is I'm confident, I am 99% sure that this team has what it takes to be in the finals. I'm not going to pay up for that player. And that is the exception for when production is greater than value. I mean, it takes, it takes, <clears throat> it takes uh, a great deal of courage to be able to, you know, sell youth and sell picks and things like that for players like Cooper cup. And that is the exception that you have to find. And, and it's super tough to do that, but that is the most important part of dynasty is recognizing when value is and production,
0: you know, change in value. Yeah, I, I, I agree because I, we, we talked about it. I mean, we talk about every year in season about guys that are, especially at the running back position, where guys are all of a sudden thrust into A, starting roles, or B, they're just underwhelming, but the volume's getting there, right? Josh Jacobs, you know, he wasn't, or Zeke even, from this past season, you know, wasn't incredible with it. His production, his fantasy points were really not all that. But his carries were there. He was consistent. He kind of got you there. And the value, you know, it's, it's just not, not proportionate. So I, I, I think it's definitely something to monitor, and it's definitely something that we have later down this list too. But we can move on to tip number four. Be real where your team is at. This is so important to winning your dynasty league, whether it's the offseason, whether it's July, it's January, when you're standing in the snow or sitting on the beach. No dynasty team is at and have a direction for it. If you know your team is right on the cusp, be prepared to make those moves to go and get above it, because ultimately you're here to win. You're you're. This is why you join the league. It's not to rebuild, have a nice looking team, draft a bunch of exciting rookies, and be happy in July, uh, June, and May. That's not that's not what we're here for. We're here to win. So if you're on the cusp, be prepared to make those moves. If you're not there, if you're looking at your team and saying, "Wow." I have I have my picks, but, you know, I have a bunch of assets that are 28, 29. I got running backs that are on their second year of their second contract. That's – get out, get out, get out right now. Pat, press that panic button. You know, it's fine. Just sell your players when they're in season, when they're at the height of their, their value. Sell at the peaks. It's fine to rebuild. It's just so important to know where your team is at because when you start – when you keep on trying to push – and all of a sudden, you're in the middle. The middle is the worst place to be in dynasty leagues. Absolute worst. You're not getting a great player in the rookie draft. You're not competing in the playoffs, and it's just purgatory year in year out. Or you could be worse than that. Raleigh, step in and just share the uh, the, the 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 team in one of our uh, one of my my home league that you you know you joined in. There's a there's an example that you don't have to pull up anything, but you just know yeah. what to say. Are
1: we, ta- are we talking about the the one team who we're talking about the Raiders team? Yes. Okay. So, you know, he, he goes through a cycle of, you know, selling his picks for, you know, 27, 28 year old players who are on their way down. Kenny Galladay was the most recent one. And then right before the rookie draft, he goes out and he tries to get all these picks and then he drafts those players. And then right when the rookie draft is done, he sells his picks for the next year for another 28 year old player. It's, it's total limbo. And that's not where you want to be.
0: Yep, and, and that, and it's the most extreme example. So he's he's not even picking number one. He's picking two, three. He can't even like tear it <laughs> down. Probably can't even be bad properly. But it's 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 so important. Just be where you know. Be real with your team. It can be fun to rebuild if you need to do that. And if you, it could be it's incredibly fun to push and win. So just know know where your team is at. Be real with it. Ask a friend if you need to. If you have jaded the glasses, but either way, just be be genuine with it. Step in halfway through this list. Go for it, Miletus.
1: Okay, this is this is an important one. Research draft classes a couple years ahead of time, right? Say in 2020, you said, my, my team is old. I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to stockpile a whole bunch of 2022 picks. And then in three years, my team's going to be the best. And say you had five picks in the first round this year. If luck didn't fall your way, three of those five picks fall in the back half of the first round. And none of these players are who we thought they were or who they could be in other draft classes, you know, like George pick and sky Moore; Those are guys who in any other year, they're second round picks, but they became first round picks because this is a weak class. So you need to know that ahead of time. If you like, I, I know Mike; you've been trading for 2023 picks for a long mm-hmm. time because that class is much better than this year's class. So that, that is something that, really affects how you should be trading trading your picks and trading for picks.
0: Especially when you're trading years in advance, because you have no idea where plans Look so different two years in the future than they look right now. It could be a whole different dynasty owner, potentially, with a whole different message, a whole different, let's throw everything in for a year, or let's totally tear it down. Either way, you don't know where those picks are going to land, just you all you'll know is how the general class is going to be. And even that's a little bit up in the air. But if you can know, that's a huge step up on your casual elite mates. That I will not know. I am doing everything I can to get B. John Robinson next year. And I do not care who knows it. it is, because yeah. I am I, who isn't insane about B. John Robinson? That's that's for another day. That's for for college for that's for from college to combine in January. Because oh my goodness, you won't be able to stop me. Tune in then. January 2020 great Jesus so we can move on to tip number six and honestly halfway through this I want to take a minute and thank our host I meant to do in the beginning I always do in the beginning uh for frequency's sake follow them here on YouTube follow them everywhere subscribe they are a great group of people it's where I started out your host right here you're here for a reason great content obviously you know this amazing banter right here give them a follow and of course also IDP guys that's where I write I recently wrote a Cole commit article breakout it's going to happen read it at idpguys.org check them out great group of guys amazing discord too subscribe rookie profiles and everyone that's all i'll say because i don't want to keep on going on and on and on because we have tip six tip number six i'm going to take it into the rebuilding side of it now winning your dynasty sometimes it doesn't mean just this year it means being real with your team tip number four and then sometimes you got to rebuild. So how do you do that? You sell your running backs. I don't care about age, really. Maybe you keep a rookie running back. Maybe you keep a sophomore running back. Once you get to that third year, I don't care. Ship them off. I'm done. Sell for the highest value you can because you're going to need to do it. You, I, Wide receivers over 27, gone. No more. None of that. I don't care that they're in the prime of their career. When you're ready to compete, they're going to be exiting it. And their value is going to be a lot lower. Odds are. So... I remember when I started out one of my rebuilds, which is going to be incredibly successful this year when I finally win the championship with it. Um, it's it, I didn't want to sell Kenny Galladay. He was the one piece I wanted to keep. He was 25 at the time. Now he's 28. Not in a not in great spot. And it's pretty tough to deal with. So everyone's for sale. Really. When you're doing a rebuild, everyone is for sale. You do not say no to anybody. You are looking for young wide receivers. Young, if you want a young quarterback, sure, that's a position you can figure out later. If you can get an elite young tight end a Kyle Pitts, do it. That's fantastic. Does not hurt. There are a few of those to go around, but tight ends last for a long time, quarterbacks last for a long time. So do wide receivers. So bolstering at wide receiver, so is it these rookie guys? Get those guys, get rookie picks. That's how you do it. Any thoughts on rebuilding Riley? Because I feel like you've been working your your heart towards it.
1: Yeah, I am. You know, a lot of a lot of my leagues have been rebuilds, and uh, you know, the the only player that ha- has been untradeable for me in, in the rebuilds, Kyle Pitts, has been untradeable. Uh, I've had a lot of people inquire about Javante Williams. I'm not interested in getting rid of him, and Clyde a layer just because I have a personal um, affection with him, and I can't get rid of him anywhere because no one wants him. So,
0: those are the three. Yeah, you have a personal affection with uh climate over you heard yeah, this we heard well. and the, the last tip i'll say on rebuilding as well is that you don't need to make every decision in the off season in fact sometimes they're better left for the season where players are actively providing value come week one week two week three you're measuring that risk of them getting hurt and all of a sudden you get nothing but their value is more important it, it tends to be better when teams are actually buying to make that jump while you're jumping out. So target those contenders, give the players that are at their peak, sell high, buy low, all that type of thing. You don't really want to do as much buying, get those picks. I wrote, I wrote. I also wrote a lot of articles on this as well. I read that on the archives of For Frequency's Sake, as well as I wrote a recent one a month ago for IDP guys, check it out. Details all there. Follow me on Twitter, DM me, I'll help you out.
1: Tip Number seven, Riley. Resist the temptation to sell low, right? This is a trap I've fallen into a couple of times and I have some examples. I had Zach Ertz on one of my teams, uh, a team I took over that wasn't very good. It was sort of aging out and I missed the window to sell Zach Ertz. Um, this was after Carson Wentz was gone. Jalen Hurts was around. Uh, Zach Ertz was already aging and his decline was beginning. I tried to get rid of him, tried to get rid of him. I couldn't, I couldn't stand that he was on my team. And then he got traded to the Cardinals, and I said, "Thank God, get him away from me! I can't stand seeing him on my roster anymore." And I traded him for an early third, I think it was. What do, what, what do you think you could get for Zach Ertz nowadays? You get a mid, maybe
0: get a second. I don't know about that, but you get a, you could you could work him in as a genuine Pete. I would be
1: buying him right now. Let's say like trade deadline last year, after he was you know doing really well in the second half of the season, at the trade deadline, you could have easily got a mid second for him. And I yes. got rid of him too early because I had him for probably close to two years when he was just totally useless. Um, another good example was Leonard Fournette. I had him on my team and this was, you know, kind of his last year of the Jaguars and his inefficient year with the bucks. And I was, you know, I was ready to give up on him, even though he's still pretty young, you know, a lot of people were ready to give up on him. So I traded him for Raheem Mostert and two third round picks, I believe it was. Yeah, to Mike. Yeah. I I gave it away to Mike. It was early in my fantasy days before I really knew any better, but, um, it, I I was, I was too excited to, you know, get rid of these players that I thought were on their last leg. And, um, I I needed to just kind of see it out a little bit longer. And, um, with guys like Leonard Fournette, especially, who were still pretty young at the time, I think he was like 25 at the time I made that trade. Um, it, it's it. It was you know kind of common knowledge, not common knowledge, but it was foreseeable that he was going to make a rebound, especially um, being on the Buccaneers. So uh, holding out and not getting too overzealous with selling on these players that I didn't like uh, would have been really helpful.
0: Yeah, and I I remember that trade so well because it was right before Fournette's magical playoff run on the road to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And his value tripled overnight and then tripled again the next week and then tripled again because, oh, that was wonderful. And then I sold him to that Raiders team we mentioned before. Yeah. So I sound like I reaped the benefits of that, but I did reap the benefits of the immediate impact. Um, so sometimes give it some time uh, to work out. Rarely will, you know, the best time to sell be immediately after a drastic change, in my opinion. Um And the Leonard Fournette one's a little bit of an exception, but we can move on to tip number eight, and it's an interesting one because Dynasty waiver wires. That's going to be what this is: is how to run your waiver wire, because it's bare. It's bare. The cupboards are it's 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 COVID cupboards. You know, all of a sudden the toilet paper is gone. We can't find them. You know, that is basically the both the quality of the people on your Dynasty waiver wire toilet. You know, toilet quality. And also just the scarcity, because there's really nothing you want. So when somebody is there, go and get him. Don't be afraid to waste that priority, to spend that fab. Raleigh, what happened at the beginning of this offseason? Somebody cut Tom Brady. Tom Brady retired. Reasonable, I understand it. Tom Brady was cut. He was on the wire for all that week, and then he unretired. And so I went out, and I spent half of my – my Fab for the entire year to get Tom Brady. Two months later, I trade him in a big package deal, it, of which he was a decent part of and a big reason for to a Patriots fan, and I I did it through Fab. If you if you think about it in the mindset of I traded forty five dollars a Fab. That's nothing. That's that's should not that that's a heist. So when somebody that is on the wire that could break out or is breaking out or is just shouldn't be there, do not be afraid to get him. Because there is not a lot of guys that are worth getting. So when there's someone there, go for it. Spend that bag, you know, toss it out. Where's the, you know, make it rain, all that. Any uh any, any thoughts on the wire, Riley, on the wire?
1: Yeah, I kept him in my dynasty. And I, I changed his nickname yeah. to officially washed when he retired. And now he's not officially washed. That's his nickname now. Now he's unofficially washed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. All right. Tip number nine. Keep it going. Keep it going. We're going strong here. We're yep. going strong. Yep. This is this is my last one. Know your league mates and know their teams, right? Let me read you the team of a team that is in one of our leagues that we have together. Um. So this guy's starting lineup is Josh Allen, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Darren Waller, CD Land, Mike Evans, and on the yeah, bench. Yeah. That's is that is that I I D K. Yeah. The, awesome. His bench is Justin Fields, Clyde edwards alaire Damian Harris, AJ Dillon, Michael Thomas. Yeah, so I'm not trying to contend in that league, right? I'm not, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going to overspend for pieces. You know, trying to make a run at the championship when I know there's a team like that in the league that is probably going to embarrass and humble me. So that has kind of played into my approach shaping this, um, shaping this team.
0: See, I, I, I agree to an extent because that team, I, because again, I know this league, that's the league I'm coming out of a rebuild in. And part of my reason for it was looking at that roster, which was just as strong two years ago. But if you can contend, you go for it. Because that team that you just read off, that super team, has won one title in three years, despite that team being just as good each year. He's made it to the finals each year. He's only coming away with it once. So, the goal, the moral of the story is if you are in that middle and you're leaning towards being out, that can be a reason for doing it. That can be a reason to say, Hey, time to rebuild. But if you are, if you can do it, if you have a roster that's on the cusp or is above the cusp, is a team that's really good, don't let it scare you away. I think in happens in fantasy football. You can jump on it. And the last thing I'll we'll also add on to knowing your league mates is biases. Sell to those fans. People want their guys. You know, a lot of people. You know, unlike me, I'm a I'm a very hateful Steelers fan. I I'm very pessimistic. Yeah, as Raleigh immediately smiles about. But um I there's a lot of people that will buy their their key players. Again, Tom Brady. I sold him to a Patriots fan who was willing to spend a little bit more. I'm in talks to sell to a Rashad Bateman fan who's been loving him for years. And I like Rashad Bateman. Don't get me wrong. All about him. Think the breakout's gonna happen. This guy's gonna buy at the price of the breakout come December. Because he was a fan of Rashad Bateman, so it's just about knowing your league, knowing the biases. There's always going to be people with favorite players, and taking if you can take advantage of that, power to you. That's an advantage, not a disadvantage. And I will segue right into our final tip of the of the bit. At this point, you're you're in the finals, right? And the big reason for it is because you weren't afraid to commit. That is tip number ten. Is if you are in the league, if you are going for the playoffs. If you're about to make it, if you are in, if you're in the top middle, whatever, if your team can win, commit to it. Buy the Adam Thielens of the world or the guys that are older that have less value, the Ezekiel Elliots of even two years ago, where people, people have been trying to get off Ezekiel of for two years. You could have gotten for, you know, first. Set so to 2022 first for Ezekiel Elliott. Add something else onto it. And. That would have if that wins you your championship. That's all that matters. I traded two first, Rashad Penny, and uh, Will Disley, both those guys prior to their injuries, for Ezekiel Elliott in the year that I won the championship. Because then Zeke and somebody else helped me win, and that's what mattered. Because if you if you get a ring, you get that figurative ring, that literal ring, wherever you get it from. That's what you're playing for. Who cares about three years in the, in the future if you can win right now? So I, I fully support going all in if you know what that's going to be. I always try to maintain my picks two years in the future just because you never know what's gonna happen. But I will trade my entire draft class. I will trade younger, promising guys to get a little bit older guys that will provide more value now if need be. But I ultimately you have to win. That's that's what this is about. Hey, man. I know you haven't really been in that those shoes, Riley, where you know Not competing man. or I'm winning that. or I'm getting there in a couple? Yeah, no, you're you're get you're you're, you're yeah you're getting there. Let's uh I'm let's work it. out a deal, and then you can totally get there.
1: No.
0: Um, yeah, drink, and I hope you've been enjoying that drink as much as I've been enjoying the show. Yeah, yeah. oh, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our viewer who's been you know sipping a nice little cup of water on the side. I hope that is tasting fantastic because now you can drink more because the show is over. Thank you, everyone. For tuning in to this week's episode from College to Combine, definitely check out both idpguys.org and for frequency's sake at FFSQC on Twitter and at IDPGuys on Twitter as well. Both great follows with some amazing content, amazing shows, amazing video content. Subscribe here. It's There's really no better group of people to be with where they each took a shot on both of us. We've had a great time doing it. We have this amazing overlay. We feel fantastic. Who better support, you know? So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Next time you will be touching base with us. We will be graduates. Ain't that something, Riley? How does that feel?
1: Ugh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. Um, well, dude, don't forget you.
0: Excitement. Excitement. Again, you keep bringing the level low. It doesn't matter. Follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Cicoli. You can follow Riley at Riley underscore Millett if you want to, I guess, get sad. All of a sudden, you're the sad one of two of us. Uh, just for that attitude. I don't know. I, it, okay. Tune in next week when Riley's got a little bit more of a smile around his face, I guess. Hopefully, right? Maybe we'll get it's some coffee. Really nice. I don't know. You got to tune in
1: next cool. week to see
0: what Riley's going to be call- uh, holding in his hand. Any any bets on what that yeah. could be?
1: I hope to have the microphone back. I think I will. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, then people have to tune
0: in if there's no better reason for it. Either way, great show a lot next week. Check out IDP guys. Check out for frequency's sake. Check out our Twitters. Great follows, great content. Have a good night, everybody.